Penn State's class of 2024 finishes in the top 15, which means there's a good bit of talent with this group. And some of those recruits could see playing time as soon as next season. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Penn State fans? That is right. You are locked on Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Seiko, bringing you all things Penn State football, Penn State men's basketball. We're talking recruiting today, transfer portal news, and that's why we bring back the expert himself, Brian Smith, from the Locked On Podcast Network as our official recruiting analyst. And because this is a recruiting episode, Brian's the king of high school football recruiting. The king of job recruiting is LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Brian, you've been very busy, so I'm grateful for the time because with everything that you do as far as all hurricanes, right? You're the publisher there. You host Locked On Seminoles, Locked On Florida State, so you've been busy with that. And then all the other guest appearances you have had to make since early National Signing Day is in the books. And that's where we're going to begin before we talk about a little not-so-good transfer portal news. And Penn State did get a commit in the class of 2025 a day after 2024's early National Signing Day. Go figure. But let's let's start with some of those players before we get to that. Help out the channel for all the latest analysis on Penn State football when it comes to the recruiting, when it comes to the transfer portal, and just football, basketball news, whatever you're looking for for Penn State. Subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lines on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Penn State actually, in, in light of some of the recent news too, Brian, because this is going up on, on Friday, December 22nd, and Daquan Hardy announces that he's going into the draft. And this is perfect because you're based out of Florida, even though you you look across the nation for high school football recruiting, but you know a lot of the Florida players very, very well. And Penn State could hypothetically, we're still waiting on Kalen King to make a decision here, but there's a chance that Penn State, a more likely chance that Penn State's going to replace all three starting quarterbacks, cornerbacks. Daquan Hardy is going to enter the draft. Johnny Dixon sounds like he's opting out of the bowl game, which means he'll most likely enter the draft. You don't just opt out to come back, right? But that's not officially official yet. We're still waiting on that. And then Kalen King has been someone who's been talked about as a top 15 draft pick. I think his stock has gone down a little bit. I'm pretty sure the scouts would agree with me, but he's probably still going to enter the draft unless some things change. And I think there's an opportunity for him to come back. But Penn State's got to prepare for life after all three cornerbacks as a possibility. Well, welcome in John Mitchell and Antoine Belgrave Shorter, who are class right. of 2024 commits right out of the state of Florida following Elliot Washington, who came back up. So I guess I want to start with them before we get to some other names, Brian, because Penn State secondary has been a staple for this team, and especially with Washington, Oregon, USC, UCLA, all these spread teams that like to air it out and play aggressive offense. Penn State needs a secondary, so all this turnover is a little concerning. Do John Mitchell and Antoine Belgrave-Shorter have a shot to play right away for the Nittany Lions next season as true freshmen? Yes, on both. Uh, I saw each of them a couple weeks ago. Uh, They had their moments against some really high-end guys that are Power 5 players in South Florida. 
And I think both of them physically like are put together enough that they'll be able to handle it a little bit better than most kids going from high school to college. That's always a transition. Don't get Mm -hmm. me wrong, but especially like shorter. I think he's a kid that I just like how he's built. They used him in wildcat on the goal line. Like he's a freaky athlete. He's a really powerful kid. He could play running back like athletically he's put together too. So nickel, special teams situationally absolutely i'm not saying either one of them is going out there on game one and playing boundary corner but at the same time are they going to play absolutely one of them at least how they pick up the playbook and all that stuff is the extra asterisk in the conversation but physically both of them can run they're physical enough and they played against top competition they were in jacksonville you know they've seen what it's like to go against really good players they'll be just fine and I, and I brought up John Mitchell because I am intrigued by him. Mitchell has good height. He could probably add, he could probably even get taller, actually, just because, remember, a lot of these, some of these kids, 17, 18, can still have that late growth spurt. But John Mitchell has, has the athleticism to go up against wide receivers that are 6'4 or 6'5, and then the guys that are 5'9, 5'10. Okay, well, how is, that, how is that the case? Well, John Mitchell, every skills camp that he's gone to, People, scouts have made a point of this, and you've probably seen it too, Brian. He can leap. He can jump. He can truly rise to the occasion with his vertical. So if there's any questions, well, he's not that tall, and and he's really fast as well, but just that overall athleticism. So I feel like he could shadow anybody you ask him to. I don't know that if he's necessarily a press corner or not, like a Joey Porter Jr., but I like that the athleticism basically puts him it's almost positionless, or I guess I should say matchupless, because he can go up against a six-four wide receiver or take on a shifty slot receiver. Those are the guys that you want on your field, because even if a personnel package comes out that says we're going to go heavy here and it's two tight ends, well, they might come out and put them in the slot, and then you got to have a nickel guy that's one sixty. Uh oh. You know what I mean? Like if you got one corner out there that doesn't fit that, or a safety that's a little bit light in the pants. Whatever it is, you can't be in that spot. So he can handle it. Again, these are two strong kids. I like them both. I just think we need to figure out exactly where they're going to put them to start. That's a good problem to have because they have that skill set. You want them to be really good at one thing, though. Whether it's nickel, free safety, corner, whatever, I think they could all agree that both these kids can play any of those spots. Now where do they want to play? Where do they feel most comfortable? Absolutely. And there are plenty of other names that could play in in this group, especially if they enroll early. I I will say this for the exception of one. And I don't think I've given him enough praise. And now with what we're going to discuss in the upcoming segment, Brian, about the transfer portal, this makes a little more sense in this case. The offensive lineman typically, especially a power four, I got to say power four, it's not power five anymore. And the big 10 level SEC, really, really it is power four. But Cooper Cousins, I think, deserves a lot more recognition here. James Franklin was asked about him, and he speak glowingly of him. He's a leader in this class. He helped. He was one of the bigger player recruiters in this case because the coaches and and scouts can do everything that they can for Penn State staff. It's the players that are the best recruiters, and Cooper Cousins was one of them. Cooper Cousins, we talk about positionless, Prime. Cooper Cousins is truly positionless. He can play center. He can play guard. He can play tackle. He's listed at six foot six, and... He's going to enroll early, and James Franklin already talked to him about easily making 330 pounds. That is Division I football, ready to go, ready to play right away. 
And because of the news out of the transfer portal with Penn State losing one of its offensive tackle commits, Penn State does have an issue like cornerback potentially replacing all three starters. Penn State's probably going to have to prepare for Caden Wallace and when Olu Pashanu finally announces replacing both starting tackles there. I, I have faith in Javen Williams since he was a top recruit just in the last cycle. And Drew Shelton had some starter reps when Fashionu went down in 2022. But after them, there's a lot of question marks about the depth. And we saw how much Drew Shelton played. We saw Javen Williams come in a lot last season. Cooper Cousins in this class is game day ready, especially with enrolling early, and could probably see some reps at tackle. Anytime you can get ready-made offensive linemen, at least in terms of size, where they can come in and at minimum – compete for your scout team and give you so give your guys a good look and they help push the other guys. Look, you sign up for it as a coaching staff. 330 yeah. is a big dude. And they've gotten some other good linemen in this class on both sides of the ball. Jalen Harvey's a guy right. we've talked about a lot. When yeah. you win in the trenches and that's something Penn State has done historically really well, that's why they've been a good program when they've been really good and been Penn State, if you know what I mean. I think that's something that they've done well for the most part under this coaching staff. Franklin and this, that, but I don't know if you can give it enough credit because it's kind of expected at Penn State too. I'm I'm curious what you think about the D-line class, et cetera, overall, since you watch everybody all the time with Penn State, because I think it's a little bit underrated there too. Well, defensive line definitely established a lot of, they, they got a lot of needs. Defensive line, defensive tackle, especially because we're talking about replacing starters, Brian. This seems to be a common theme for this episode anyway. You could, uh, in another case, Hakeem Beeman and Devon Ellis haven't exactly announced their decisions, but I got to imagine, like Daquan Hardy, they've just outgrown college football. Caden Wallace had the extra year of eligibility as well. They've just outgrown college football. They've been in these programs for five years. What, what else can they prove? And remember the academic side of it. You also have to plan your degree. Most master's programs take two years. Are, are these guys going to all go after master's degrees that will keep them in school for another at least two years, depending on what they do? It does make sense for them to go to the NFL in this case. And I don't I, I don't knock their decision whatsoever. I, I understand it. But when you're 23 years old, you, you got to move on to the next level. All these guys want to go pro. Uh, let's finish sure. with two players at, at skilled sure. positions because I like I like the defensive line commits that came in. I would, I've talked about Liam Andrews extensively because I see an opportunity for him. He plays with a nasty streak, and like Cooper Cousins, he has ready-to-go size uh, at that spot. But Quentin Martin and Corey Smith are intriguing. James Franklin had a press conference to sum up early National Signing Day. The two running backs, no, I'm not talking about displacing Nicholas Singleton and, and Katron Allen. Those guys have that running back spot locked down. But Franklin made an interesting comment. He said that both of those players, Smith and Martin respectively, were used extensively in passing attacks at their high schools and then alluded to that they feel comfortable enough to play them at wide receiver. Brian, with the need that's at the wide receiver spot, and they still haven't had a commitment from Julian Fleming or anybody at the wide receiver position out of the transfer portal, you're returning all of your guys from a year ago that weren't that great. Is there an opportunity for both Corey Smith and Quentin Martin to move out wide and leave the running back position here? I think that at least one of them they should consider because they're too good just to sit on the bench. Mm -hmm. uh, Smith would fit the slot role naturally. Oh, um, yeah. He's one of the fastest players in the country. He he logged 
the fastest speed in high school history tracked by the sports, whatever sports science metric. Uh, but it was 24 miles an hour when he took a, when he took a toss to the, to the house. That's ridiculous. So if you can do that in pads, then you're fast. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. So he's not the biggest guy. And if you get him out of the box a little bit more, it'll endure him, if you will, and give him a better chance to get paid on Sunday. So it would behoove him, even if it's for a year, to play receiver. A lot of guys that have done that have played a little of both in college. They benefit because the NFL is more passing for sure. Why not? I, I think it would be a good idea. Even if you're just taking some of the reps and learning like what it does, it's going to help you know where everybody's at on the offense because football is complex. It is the ultimate team sport. So why not put Smith there just as an example? Martin could do it too. Don't get me wrong. They're totally different body types. I think they could both play receiver or they could both play in the secondary. Versatility never goes out of style. Yeah, Quentin Martin playing the same. I mean, he's another player that's coming in with the, with the game day ready build, right? Yeah. At, at, you know, six foot plus. 220 pounds. I mean, Quentin Martin, I think he's, look, it's no disrespect to Luke Reynolds, who's listed as a five-star in 24-7 sports, uh, exceptional tight end. He could see some playing time, but there it is a crowded tight end room. Yes, Theo Johnson's leaving, but naturally everybody moves up. Tyler Warren, if he, if and when he comes back, I anticipate him to return. Khalil Dinkins, Andrew Rapplier, Jerry Cross has been there, even though he hasn't seen extensive playing time. It's going to be tough in that situation, but I also I also see a spot the third the third running back spot yeah Trey Potts we don't know what his decision is going to be either he has that COVID year of eligibility what if he leaves then there's an opportunity for you know you can get creative right Bill Belton changed positions at, at Penn State now I know that was a long time ago situations were different with the sanctions and everything and, and you needed to move people around the roster to to fit absolute needs but I feel like this is a luxury for Penn State you have Singleton and Allen and then you don't, uh, yes, you, if, if you need to, in an instance where you have a third running back, Quentin Martin's ready to go. I see Quentin Martin competing for reps one way or another, kick returner, punt returner, running back, wide receiver, safety. He's that good. And honestly, my favorite player in this class. Martin's film when he was a sophomore, I got a sniff of it and I'm like, okay, this is going to be one of those guys. Mm -hmm. He's gotten bigger. Like he's put in the time in the weight room. Maybe he's a guy that can play a little bit more than you think. And if one of the key guys up front for them on the running back depth chart, they miss a week because of an ankle, he can at least fill in for a week or two yeah. as one of the main. And like when he walks out on the field, the jersey number will be different, but that's still a dude. So yeah, Penn State will be just fine with him. Brian, let's transition to the transfer portal as Penn State lost a commit from the portal and still hasn't picked up anyone, uh, anybody else aside from a kicker. Let's discuss that in the upcoming segment, what that means for Penn State. Let's hear from one of our sponsors on today's episode, and that is LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs, then add your job and the purple hiring frame to let people know that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills, just the right experience, so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then hire. 
That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by Game Time. You got to download the Game Time app because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for everything music, sports, theater, comedy near you. I've used the Game Time app. I have it. Things that I enjoy about the experience are last second tickets, but you get flash deals on those last second tickets. So when you go into the app, you can slide across and get and unlock a deal on last second tickets. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Game Time is able to list them for you so that you can see them all. And then probably the best feature is the image views, the accurate image views of the seats. So when you go into the app, you're not second guessing where you might be sitting when you actually get to the venue. Game Time shows you your view of the event from wherever you would be sitting. Lowest price guaranteed and event cancellation protection are included. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create that account. Redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And the Locked On Podcast Network is proud of this one, making history, launching the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering each and every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. The Transfer Portal has been unkind to Penn State in this cycle, at least for the time being. Maybe some things can change, but Fleming had a projection to go to Penn State, and he hasn't announced a commitment yet. He had a birthday. It kind of seemed like everything was aligning for, for this to happen, Brian. And then they land a kicker. Okay, cool. You got Chase Meyer, create some uh, special teams competition. He's not going to be on scholarship. And then Alan Heron seemed like he was going to be a valuable depth piece, a Division II tackle, Shorter University, State of Georgia. And this is interesting because this happens recently. So perfect timing for the recording and posting of this episode, Brian. He flips to Maryland very quietly, doesn't make any announcements, took a visit. That's fine. You took a visit. But he committed to Penn State. You boasted about it on social media, which is, which is fine but then silently committed to the Terrapins, and it looks like he is signed with them as well. I, I just think this is really interesting from that regard that there was no announcement of, hey, I'm going to decommit and flip to Maryland. It just casually, Maryland announced who it was taking on in its class of 2024 in addition to the transfer portal commits that ended up signing with them. So he commits verbally to Penn State, but then silently signs with the Terrapins. Trying to understand the transfer portal by itself is hard enough. Understanding all the dynamics on when somebody signed. Like there were other schools that I covered too, that like out of the blue that they had announced a guy that had committed four days ago as a portal guy. So I, you know, there's all kinds of stuff with that. I don't know the rules. I'm guessing they're trying to get him publicity, but Maryland probably wanted to keep that as quiet as they could because they compete so much with Penn state. We can probably yeah. cut through the cheese there. And I get it. Uh, maybe Penn State will reciprocate in the near future. Who knows? But 
nothing is surprising to me in any form of recruiting. And then let's bring up another wide receiver that you're familiar with. Colby Young was at Miami of Florida, your publisher for all hurricanes. So you cover Miami of Florida very closely uh, in the transfer portal. Uh, former Lackawanna college player. So there's that natural yep. pipeline for Penn State as they pulled a bunch of recruits from over there, a bunch of commits. And now they're turning pro too. Jair Brown and Jaquan Brisker had ample success at both Penn State and now in the NFL. So it would make sense for a wide receiver from Lackawanna College, Community College, to come over to Penn State. But now he's projected to Georgia. This kind of goes along with the stinger of what if Julian Fleming doesn't commit? Why are we waiting so long when we had the prediction, what, almost a week ago? Look, I thought that's where he was going to go, too, because Penn State needs help. It, you know, Yeah, he'd compete as the number theory. one immediately. Um, Georgia's got more talent at receiver than Penn State does. I, I'm a little baffled by that. Maybe he just wants to play for that program, and they mm -hmm. obviously have a quarterback that's really good. Don't get me wrong. But he's a kid from the state of New York, went to Lackawanna in Pennsylvania, then he went down to University of Miami. I think that it's kind of surprising. Unless there's something on Penn State's end, they decided they didn't want to do it. I don't know. But yeah, if Kirby wants him, do you, do you think that's really the like? Kirby is uber picky about transfer portal guys. So take it for what it's worth. And so is Penn State to an extent. And James Franklin said in his press conference for early National Signing Day that we are not a transfer portal team. That is fine, but they've, they've shown that they can work the transfer portal to their benefit because do you want Penn State to be in a situation, I'm kind of speaking a little more directly to the viewer at this point, Brian. Do you want Penn State to be in a situation in like Colorado where it's a revolving door, it's a turnstile, where you have 20 players enter the transfer portal but hey, you get back 21, and then after the spring game, you have more players enter the transfer portal, and you really don't know who your roster is going to be. The fact that Penn State has only had three players go into the transfer portal, I think is very telling about the roster because the James Franklin also, or Pat Kraft, I should say, Pat Kraft brought this up, and he, and he alleged, I believe him, but I have to say allegedly, he alleged that... Penn State received emails, communications about their players that weren't in the transfer portal of agents shopping them around and saying, hey, would you be interested in so-and-so? Well, yeah, we're interested in so-and-so because he's on our team. <laughs> he's on our team. So the transfer portal is truly the wild, wild west, Brian, and NIL. And I, I just wonder what some of this is about why Julian Fleming isn't committing to Penn State it, is Penn State just still is it a matter of competition because we hear things like yes Penn State has a better footprint in the NIL space and can go up against larger schools not I don't know about Florida and Texas because they're willing to throw millions and millions of dollars at, at whatever player just to visit <laughs> allegedly right I gotta say allegedly but I but Penn State still is in a competitive space I would imagine no for the kids in the portal, I would think it's a little different, and here's why. This is what I've been told yeah. on a few other programs. Kids that have been in college and have proven it, been to class, know how to be away from home, have grown up yeah. and mature, you're more likely to invest in. I mean, that's just logical. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense, man. I get it. Especially at quarterback, there is still a preferential treatment towards certain positions, D-line, offensive tackle, et cetera. But 
I would think Penn State. I mean, I know they're not short of money over there. For a couple of kids a year, if they're not doing it, that's on Penn State. Look, I don't know how the collective works over there with the high school kids. Doesn't yeah. sound like they do a lot, and I get it. For a couple of key portal guys that can get you over the top and maybe beat Michigan, if you ain't getting them, that's on y'all. You got to figure it out. Because if, if that's what this is on any of these kids, that's not acceptable. I mean, Penn State should be a top 10 team, but they're losing to the same programs in the same manner every year. You got to change something. Absolutely. I it I don't want to say this is doom and gloom because you still have spring ball. You can have transfers come in in the second cycle, albeit we saw that what happened with Dante Cephas coming in a little late and it just never seemed to have grasped the playbook. Now he will going into this year, which might Penn State fans should feel better about. I feel like Dante Cephas will reach a better potential staying with Penn State for a second season, and that was the idea that he was always going to be a two-year player. Naturally, Keandre Lambert-Smith, Cephas, all those guys are going to take another step forward. Trey Wallace, when he's back and fully healthy, those aren't bad players, but clearly they weren't good enough when it came down to Michigan and Ohio State because that's great that Trey Wallace can – put up 70 yards and seven catches against West Virginia. DeAndre Lambert-Smith can go over 100 a few times or get close to 100, right, against Maryland, West Virginia, Indiana. That's all fine and good, but those aren't college football playoff teams. So you need wide receivers that can be difference makers. How, how bad is it? Because it is bad. I'm not going to sit back and say, well, we can ignore it. How bad is it if Penn State, for some reason, does not land Julian Fleming or Colby Young uh, Andre Green isn't looking that much better either. We're hearing reports that he has put Virginia up in front, which makes sense because he is from the state of Virginia, besides the point. But all three targets that seemed very realistic are now kind of teetering on turning away from Penn State. If they miss on all three, that's that's a big whiff. I mean, they all have one reason or other to go to Penn State, some multiple, mm -hmm. and there's a need. I think that's an indictment. I don't know what the situation is with the coordinators, what they said they're going to do. And even, you know, I mean, nobody's been there long enough to install anything. I get it. Right. But I mean, like, who would you be afraid of right now on Penn State's wide receiver depth chart? So, I mean, no offense, but like when they, when I watched them, that was pedestrian as pedestrian gets. They did, they did look like they wanted to be there. So if you're a wide receiver, that's the only problem. Like, why am I going there to compete with these guys? Something's off. I can see that, but you're going to be the guy. Most most receivers want that more than anything else. So I'm a little surprised. Well, there is some good news. There's some light at the end of the tunnel. As Penn State, for the class of 2025, so yes, it's not exactly in the present. It's in the future. Class of 2025 picks up a commit. Somebody with no stars. He's unranked. Is now, why would Penn State pick up a commitment from somebody that is not ranked? Brian and I will discuss in the upcoming segment. Let's hear from another one of our sponsors on today's episode, and that is FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On. As the weather gets colder, the deals stay hot. The offers stay hot on FanDuel, and right now, new customers can get 100 and $50 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It is that simple. That's 150 bucks. If your team wins, any team, pick any team. And if they win, you get 150 bucks. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. 
There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over, unders, and more. Right now, Penn State is a three and a half point favorite against Ole Miss. Total set at 48 and a half. We saw that Peach Bowl is officially sold out. If you like those lines, visit fanduel.com slash locked on and keep playing along with the college football season and the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And if you're not already, become an everydayer. Subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lions on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Brian Smith, the host of Locked On Seminoles. You go check out that show on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts as well. And funny enough, Brian, Florida State could be joining the Big Ten or the SEC. They are exploring leaving the ACC. So might make sense for some of my audience to go check out your show, actually. If that happens, I'm going to have a lot of fun on the show, but I'll be as confused as anybody else, even though I'm the host. Look, I I understand everything is TV contract related, but you talk about fish out of water in terms of culture. North Florida going to the Big Ten? Come on. Oh, at some Washington, point. Oregon? I know. It's just like, I live down here. I know the culture. That That is not going to be a good fit. So it is what it is. And I guess at least like the sporting part, the actual in-game don't get me yeah. wrong. Florida State, Penn State, Florida State, Ohio. Look, I'm, sign me up. But yeah. that is weird. That is weird. Penn State lands a defensive back in the class of 2025. So you have the early national signing day for 2024. Everybody signs with Penn State. People are ready to enroll early. And the day after, Penn State gets a commitment from Central Catholics, from Central Catholics Xavier Thomas, defensive back return specialist, three-year starter in high school. But, Brian, there's a catch. There's a catch to this commitment because he's not ranked. He doesn't have any stars on any recruiting sites. I feel like some of them had just made profiles for him since he committed to Penn State. Uh, this one this one was really quiet or not expected, but let, let's not tell the story that way just because the recruiting sites aren't aware of him. Because, remember, Ethan Grunkmeyer was unranked by some sites or people just had him as a lowly three-star, and he was a project quarterback, now firmly in the top 10. I'm not arguing that Xavier Thomas can be in the top 10 at the defensive backs nationally, because that's very tough to do. But what I do like about him, he scores touchdowns in the special teams unit. That's one thing. He's been a three-year starter at a powerhouse in the Pittsburgh area, the Whippeal, the WPIAL. As a freshman, sophomore, junior, so he's going to ultimately be a four-year starter when all said and done at defensive back and kick returner, punt returner. So don't look at the ratings or the lack thereof in this case. Look at what he's actually done on the football field. He's been productive. It's not like he was just a fringe contributor. He was starting. He was making tackles. He was getting interceptions. He had four interceptions his junior season. But as a freshman, he was already doing that. And he's had multiple touchdowns at the kick returner and punt returner spot over the course of three years at Central Catholic as well. Peter Gonzalez just committed to Penn State in the class of 2024 and signed with them officially. And now Xavier Thomas with two X's. It's XX Xavier Thomas, just so you can get the name name spelled right. But I, I like this because Penn State needs special teams players. This I'll, I'll shout out Dylan Callaghan Crowley over at Penn State Rivals because he made this comparison and this one fits very well. Daquan Hardy. Daquan Hardy's out of the Pittsburgh area. Yes, he's leaving Penn State after this season, and Xavier Thomas still has one more before he joins the team, but that's almost an identical comparison as he's not the biggest player around. 
He's currently listed at 160 pounds, so he would have a little bit of a ways to go. But that's what I chalk this up to, Brian. There's two. There's two reasons why he's unranked and doesn't have it. Doesn't have a profile. He he's undersized, so he's not college ready. He would have to redshirt. But then number two, he's probably not going to a lot of these camps. He's probably not going to a lot of these seals competitions where rivals 24/7 on three. All these places show up. They can only scout and rate the people that they are seeing. And on three is not going to send uh, uh, the entourage. 24-7 is not going to send the whole team to go scout every local area high school across the nation because they who has the resources to do that? So you have to go to these collective groups to showcase your skills. And I think when Xavier Thomas does that, he'll get the proper rating. If Penn State wanted him that early and they've scouted him live, I'm good. Exactly. I mean, if he commits to Penn State and has a scholarship, he's not a pro. I don't think he's a preferred walk-on. He's going to take a scholarship here. That's all I need to know. Well, I mean, a lot of times kids just don't get rankings early. They haven't scouted him or whatever. One of these, are, it, it's no big deal. Well, let's see what he's ranked when we get to May of next year after he's been through mm-hmm. like an Under Armour camp or something. Yep. Then we'll know. His film will also trickulate around because he's committed to the Nittany Lions now. That also helps. It'll move up. He just needs to get his photo and his film out there. But if Penn State took him early too, it's also a really good sign. Well, that I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that Penn State took him. Okay, there's an interesting dynamic for recruiting. Players don't randomly recruit or randomly commit to programs, and the same thing with with schools. They don't just randomly take players from the high school level. There's a conversation saying, "Hey, are you ready to make a decision?" Or players will come and approach Penn State and say, or any program really, and say, "Hey, I'm ready to commit." And some schools will say. And Penn State's been in this position, too. They'll say, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, you know, slow your roll there, buddy. We're we're not ready for your commitment. We still need to see more out of you. We're interested in you and we're recruiting you. But right now is not the time to make that commitment. They've done this in the past cycle, actually, if you can believe that. Any, any of them, really. That's more common than people think. But I'm glad you mentioned that. And I think it's important for the listeners, the viewers that aren't that familiar with the recruiting spot. And that's something I've learned being a little more involved in this, in these discussions is that Penn state talks to these players and say, Hey, are you ready to commit? We're ready to take you on. So James Franklin posted the the tweet on X saying, you know, Hey, we are better. So Penn state's really excited about this one and, and they were ready for it. So like you said, like I agree with, that's all you need to know uh, about this commitment. Who cares what the scouts say? What does Penn state say? Yeah, you got to trust in your program and their evaluations. If you don't, why are you watching? Mm-hmm. And the one thing I won't bitch about with Franklin above all, he puts an effort in recruiting. If anybody doubts that, they're not they're not paying any attention. So they've done a good job of figuring it out, and I'm not worried about it. Again, they got a kid at that program in this class. They saw the other kid just by osmosis. They offered, and he took it. Good mm-hmm. to go. That'll do it for this edition of Locked On Nittany Lines. I appreciate everyone checking out this podcast. If you're not already, become an everyday or subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lines on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with all of the latest news and analysis regarding Penn State football. Transfer portal recruiting. We'll continue to talk men's basketball and get into some wrestling and hockey. Go check out what Brian does with Locked On Seminoles, especially since they could be joining the Big Ten. But that'll do it for this one. Brian, thank you so much for the time. I know how busy you've been and can't wait for our next conversation as more news is going to come from the transfer portal. So we're not done here. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you very much, sir.